Enlorn. And I'm Donna Grace. Welcome to the Life Rebalanced Podcast. Welcome to the Life Rebalanced Podcast. On today's episode, we are talking about the power of your network and leveraging your relationships to help move you forward. You may have heard the saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. This is believed to be an African proverb that speaks to the power of the pack. But if you are seeking long-term, meaningful results, you will do better to work as a team than to seek individual gain. We strongly believe in the power of your network. We believe it applies to everyone, and we especially believe it applies to women. In this episode, we'll discuss a few ideas about the power of your network and leveraging your relationships to help propel you to personal and professional growth. Yeah, so the first idea is that peer pressure can be a good thing. Lots of times we hear about the concept of peer pressure and automatically it has kind of a negative connotation, right? That we're doing things because mm-hmm. what those around us are doing is influencing us. And while we certainly don't want to go jump off a bridge, if our friend suggests to jump off a bridge, right? Your mom told you that, mm-hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> there is power in the behaviors and attitudes of the people around you. Very, very famous saying by Jim Rohn. He's quoted as saying that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. This has been, I think, powerful for a lot of people in terms of thinking about who do I want to be like? I should surround myself, spend my time with people who have the kinds of behaviors and attitudes that I aspire to. Get really specific. If you want to be a successful writer, spend your time around people who are really committed to writing and learning about writing and becoming better at it. If you want to become healthier, don't hang out with people who eat pizza five nights a week, right? You want to be with people who have healthy eating habits, but not just to practice healthy eating habits, but also who are excited about it or positive about it, who it becomes a part of who they are, right? We talk about habits becoming a part of our identity. So people who identify with being healthy and acting in healthy ways, it extends to work. It also extends to happiness. If you hang out with people who have a more happy and more positive attitude, very commonly you hear people say, oh, it will rub off. Well, it Mm -hmm. does. The attitude really does rub off. But what I think is really interesting is that There is some research that suggests that it's not just the five people or those in your closest network, but the behaviors and attitudes of your friends' friends. Mm -hmm. So it actually extends beyond. And I guess if you think about it, that kind of, of makes sense. Like you might not have the same five people that I have, right? but we might be each other's. So we are being influenced by people we don't even know we are being influenced by, which I think is is really interesting. The research I was referring to is a study by James Fowler and Nicholas Christakis. And they, they have two parts to their study, but they looked at the impact of your immediate network and then the extended one. So the one that goes to your friend's friends. And they found that in health, if your immediate network If people are obese, you are 45% more likely to also be overweight. However, if your friends' friends or that extended network, if they are overweight or obese, you are still 20% more likely to be. The same extends to smoking. If your immediate network smokes, and this makes a lot of sense to me, you're 61% 
more likely to be a smoker. But if their friends are smokers, you are still 29% more likely to be a smoker. So I think that it's really important to one, know who is within your circle and, and choose really wisely, but also consider who they're spending time with and who's influencing them, which I honestly wouldn't have even thought of. I wouldn't have either. And those statistics are fascinating. And I think everything you just said speaks to the really the mindset of being intentional about the choices you're making in life, Mm. not only in the things that you're doing, but the people with whom you surround yourself. It really does have obviously more influence than we realize. Well, it's the idea that when other people are practicing a habit or have an attitude, it becomes normal. And when something becomes normal, it's acceptable and you adapt to it, right? Absolutely. And it's not just normal behaviors, but it's also normalizes expectations. So if you are part of a group where, frankly, the expectations for performance are pretty low, mm-hmm. you're less likely to be a high performer. Mm-hmm. You and I both always talk about how we love the high performance planner from Brendan Burchard. Uh-huh. And he has a book called High Performance Habits. And one of the things he talks about is the idea of leveling up your squad. <laughs> That's what this is, right? Definitely, where you are looking to actively seek out relationships that you know are going to be healthy and motivating and help you grow Mm -hmm. and become a better person and lead you on the path that you're hoping to go down. Because I think it's far too easy if we think about how we develop relationships and friendships from a young age you typically are simply friends with the people you go to school with, the kids in your class. And that might be a relatively small pool of people or it could be a larger one, but that's where your learning to build relationships begins. And then as you grow up, you're going to college and you develop relationships there and then your jobs. So, but the thing that I think some people recognize and make a distinct effort to do is to place their children in situations where they're going to be surrounded by people who are going to level them up and take them to the the job they want to get. And that's why a lot of people mm-hmm. choose the colleges they attend based on what kind of connections can I make here? Because at the end of the day, it really is all about the connections and the relationships. Sometimes we we forget about that as adults. It's something that naturally occurs when you're in your college and entering the workforce years, but we need to maintain and continue. So when your parents tell you not to hang out with someone because they were a bad influence, it really (laughs) is so much more meaningful than you originally thought, right? (laughs) It absolutely is. I never had that happen. I don't know about you. (laughs) Never did. (laughs) Well, I I do want to mention that like, if you walk down the logical path here, would that lead you to the question of, well, does that mean that I have to cut out anyone and anything that is a bad influence? And I don't think it's so much about cutting out as it is adding in. Yeah. So if you have a friend who is just habitually negative, if you have a family member or someone, I mean, someone you love very much who practices, you know, unhealthy habits that wouldn't serve you well or serve your goals and intentions well, I don't think it means that you have to cut those out, but rather put more of your focus on a circle of positive influences that would serve you better. Absolutely. The next idea that I wanted to talk about was, and this is another one that you hear all the time, but it really does, I think, apply to networking in that you need to have an abundance mindset. And anytime we're talking about an abundance mindset, it's really abundance over over scarcity. Mm -hmm. I wanted to bring up that point with what we were just talking about, because it almost sounds by what we're describing, like 
you are in a very self-serving way seeking out relationships that are going to further your own agenda. And I don't think that's what we're intending to say. It's really about making sure you're surrounding yourself with the people who are going to influence you in a positive way. And therefore, you have that positive attitude and can turn around and influence others in a positive way. And I think that connects with this abundance mindset you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's creating a network or creating a group of people around you that, yes, will serve your long-term goals, but also, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be able to serve them as well. You're, mm-hmm. you're serving each other by, by being good influences. Um, mm-hmm. And when it comes to this mindset, especially but depending on where you are geographically, there can be a considerable amount of competition. And I've noticed a really big difference in not all men, certainly, but in a lot of the ways I see men deal with each other in this business versus the way I've been able to see women deal with each other. And I would say specifically, I noticed it when we formed our networking group. Mm -hmm. So we formed a peer group and the way we share with each other ideas about practice management, ideas about, you know, marketing, helping each other with technical things. It's remarkable to me the way we Nobody comes in thinking they have the secret sauce and that if we, you know, if, if I let you know what I'm doing or I know what you're doing, that we're somehow going to get a leg up and be able to like steal all of the market share. (laughs) Well, and to your point, the abundance mindset, there's plenty of market share to go around. And when you are actively contributing and providing your thoughts and sharing them, really what can happen is other people can improve upon what you're already doing. And then you can turn around and take that and leverage it for your own purposes too. But I think when we come together as a group, there's an exponential growth in ideas. Mm. It's exponential. It's not simply you and I come together and we're doubling things. Yeah. It's not addition. No. Mm. No, it is exponential. And so to recognize and see that. And and I don't know why it is. I definitely notice that distinction you're describing between men and women, and which is why I will say that in the last couple of years, I've really focused more on networking with women than in co-ed settings, just because I do see a distinction in how men and women network and how they come together and share or don't share ideas and resources. You no, know, I don't necessarily have research around it or anything, but I wonder if there is a natural propensity for women to be more collaborative, Mm -hmm. perhaps, or just, and obviously this doesn't apply to all women and doesn't apply to all men. Definitely, definitely does not. Of course. In fact, I've I've had some great relationship with men in our industry who've been extremely helpful to me, and I'd like to think I've been very helpful to them. But the idea that if you believe, you can't view everyone else as competing for the same opportunity. You have to believe that there is plenty of business to go around. But I really, really do believe that once you adopt that mindset, that helping another professional is not undermining yourself. You're not setting someone else up to get ahead of you. If anything, what do they say? The rising tide lifts all boats. Yes. If anything, you, you're you putting goodwill out there and creating a positive, I don't know, positive energy around yourself. I I believe in that. I do. Absolutely. So what you just said made me think about Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, Mm -hmm. where she, she really was focusing on shifting the mindset from we're all fighting for one seat at the table Mm -hmm. to 
let's expand this so that there are many, many seats at the table and there's room for everyone. And I think that that is such an important mindset to have. Yeah, I very much agree. That's, and I do want to say that's not to suggest that we're not competitive though. Like if we, we're, we're still no. competitive, like in terms of, but, but in a way that we use it to motivate, right? Like we use competition yes. to motivate ourselves, to motivate each other, as opposed to the cutthroat or, or have any sort of scarce, uh, right. <laughs> you know, scarce idea there. Right. And that's where I think we can generalize roughly about yeah. how men and women network differently. And one might think that competition is more of a masculine quality, but I think everyone is an individual and some of us are motivated by competition. I know you and I are. Very competitive. <laughs> yes. And other people aren't even people within our closest circles. Some might be motivated by competition and some may not be. You have to know what works for you and engage mm -hmm. in ways that are healthy and help you grow. You know, Lauren, you mentioned that you found over the last few years that you really like networking with other women. Mm -hmm. And that leads very well to my next idea that you may find more benefits by finding a group of people with whom you have things in common to network. And this especially is relevant in minority or marginalized groups. Like in our own industry, it's a very heavily male-dominated industry. Um, we both came into it when we were pretty young. So we were both younger than the majority of advisors and female. So that put us in two sort of minority groups within. And that being said, we're white. So we, we have, mm -hmm. if you are a person of color in our industry, I mean, it's even more of a challenge. And it's so, so important to find a group with whom you feel you can connect on things. Mm -hmm. So I really did not feel like I was, like I would walk into a, a networking event and not feel like I was part of the club, I guess, so to say. Mm -hmm. Um, but mm -hmm. once I could start identifying, for me at first, the easiest thing to do was identify other women. But once I could start to do that, you can find something to connect on and that builds rapport and then trust. And then you can, that's where magic happens, right? When you mm -hmm. have rapport and trust with someone else. So whether it's connecting over a hobby or being a parent or race or gender or whatever it is, I think that there's huge benefits to be, and it's not meant to exclude other people. It's just no. meant to find something to connect on. That's important to point out. Yes. And I think that what you tend to connect on in those situations is when you have similar experiences and face similar challenges, mm. those are things you can discuss and work together to talk about how have you overcome this challenge that I'm facing and you've also faced. And I think when you tend to be of a smaller group within a larger group, it's easier to connect on that level and work together and collaborate and decide how do we move forward? How do we progress given this, the same set of challenges that we might have? And, and to a certain extent, I think that it's important to find people with whom you feel comfortable because really, I think the magic happens when you can be vulnerable and open and honest. That's when connectivity happens. And I think that that is something that I see just more naturally with women as well, is that ability to say, hey, I'm not the best at this and I don't do this perfectly. And here are the areas where I'm struggling and I could really use some guidance and advice. How did you overcome this and how did you handle these various things? And that's when those relationships and that trust develops. Yeah, I very, very much agree with you on that. 
I'm trying to think back to earlier in my career when I was in a group of CFP professionals and the things that we talk about today in our group where we're all women and clearly very comfortable and willing to be vulnerable and very forthcoming about things are are things I never would have heard in that other group. Now, part of it is probably because everyone was very young at the time. And when you're young, there's this, certainly this imposter syndrome, like the idea that you Mm -hmm. have to act like you know more. So people probably just, you know, based on lack of experience, ironically, based on lack of Mm -hmm. experience, were less willing to admit that they didn't have the experience. Yes. (laughs) Is that kind of funny when you think about it? It's so true. It's so true. And the benefit of those groups, you don't want to put yourself in a situation where you're only surrounded by people just like you, like you said earlier. Right. It's important to have diversity. It's important to see things from other people's perspectives. And we learn and grow in that way too. And I think, I apologize, I can't remember where I read this, but it was talking about how Women really do better when they have a broad network of people they are networking with. And then they have an inner circle that might just be this type of group you're talking about, where you connect on a very specific topic, whether it be that you're all women dealing with managing family life and work life, or you are of a a similar minority group, or whatever the case may be there tend to be this broad network that you participate in, but then it's important to have that inner core network where you can... core group. Yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. I mean, it's kind of that way in your social circle too, right? You have maybe a generally larger group of friends, but really maybe there's three or four that you're really close with. Right. And they're your go-to people. Um, What you just mentioned is like the idea of a team. So you are able to provide more value when you have more experiences to draw from, right? So Mm -hmm. if you are, especially if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a solopreneur, or, you know, you work in business where you kind of find yourself as a silo, that can, obviously that's a choice that you've made to work in that way, but it can be somewhat isolating. And so really making the effort to connect with other people it doesn't just provide the stuff that we've just described, you know, like the the connectivity and the the sense of belonging and and the idea of leveling up. But it also, if you're a professional and we're speaking about business, it really can serve your clients and your your clientele better because you one person can't be the best at everything. One person can't know every everything. But this is it's kind of like the idea of leveling up your squad. You're creating this network for yourself of go to people. So you get more perspectives, more potential solutions. Maybe somebody else has experience in an area that you don't, and you're able to provide better service, better value for your clients or your customers. So I think that that's really important too. Absolutely. And I will say I can attest to that firsthand with the group that we've put together over the last few years. My ability to serve my client base has increased exponentially because of the expansion of thoughts about how do you handle this? What are some potential solutions here? What do you do when this situation arises? Because to your point, if you are in a solo practice, which I think that's a bit of a unique thing in our particular industry. You don't find that very typically across the board, but financial advisors can... Professionals. Yeah. Yeah, like attorneys, CPAs, sure. Yeah. And I would say even expanding your network beyond your particular industry to open up your way of viewing things because just because Mm. something is 
done the way it's always been done. And even in the pool of, say, in our case, other financial advisors, how we manage our practice and our businesses and work with clients and the services we provide, I think it is still valuable to expand beyond that, to look at how are other people doing this and how can I be innovative and change and be better at what I'm doing? I think it also gives you more confidence too. You know, Marie Forleo's Everything is Figure Outable. One, one of her things mm-hmm. in there is the idea of, you, you know, say yes and then figure it out. The idea that she was able to get ahead because she said yes to things that she knew she wasn't necessarily ready for or qualified for, but she knew she could figure it out. She's like, I will say yes and I will figure out how to do this after. Now, obviously you want to be responsible and make sure you're competent, especially if you're dealing with other people. But if it's something for yourself, yeah, it makes you more willing to take risk when you know you've got backup. Yes. When you know you have people to support you and help you through something, maybe you can tackle a project or a goal that you might not have done if you were really all by yourself doing it. But if you know you have the support of other people, other ideas and their experiences, it may put you in a better position to try something you wouldn't have otherwise, which is just stretching and growing, right? Yes. It really creates more opportunity for growth when you have people to lean on, I think. It definitely does. And I think the quickest way to find yourself in a position where you have a network of people to lean on is to be that for someone else. Mm. To actively volunteer yourself to people who might be able to leverage your knowledge, your experience, whether that be someone who's coming up in your industry behind you or someone who just has a different skill set than you do or works in a different field, but to put yourself out there. And it's kind of like, be the first one to give a referral out Mm -hmm. and you'll get a referral back. You're modeling what you're hoping for. It's being generous. And and I believe Mm -hmm. that also goes along with the abundance mindset. But the idea of being generous with your, your time, talent, your network going in by first saying, how can I serve as opposed to going in and saying, how can I be served is really important. And you know, when I was younger, when I first came into industry, because of some of the things I mentioned earlier, like the idea of putting myself out there, the idea of going to a networking event, the idea of actively reaching out to other people was kind of daunting to me. But really and truly, once I started adopting a more positive view of networking and a more intentional practice for it, and by intentional practice, I just mean doing the things we discussed, looking for people with whom I have things in common, looking for people who maybe are better at certain things than I am, or maybe I have something to offer to them in an area they don't, but looking at how we can help each other, going in with the idea that you know, it's not about competition. It's about how we can all do better together is really big. And I have seen results from that in business, but also just like in my personal life by networking with, I'm calling it networking with, but really it's becoming friends with, creating a network of, of friends, (laughs) of friends with whom we have the same ideas about. We're motivated about our work and our professional lives and about trying to, you know, be healthier and be positive and just have like a really, a really positive outlook. Yeah. And I think that this comes down to a personal preference, but when we're talking about networking, how is that any different from establishing friendships? It really is the same thing. We're just creating this delineation between Hmm. our personal life and our business life, which I think you and I 
tend to disagree with. <laughs> you know, we, I will say just in the industry we're in and how we think about life rebalanced and having this integration rather than separation. And I will say that some of the women I have networked with professionally have become some of my closest friends because when you can connect with someone both professionally and personally, that creates a whole different type of dynamic and relationship that I think can be much more successful than separating the two. And that's not to say that you shouldn't. If you really, really want to keep your business life and personal life separate, you can do that. I just think it's kind of this exponential leveraging thing again, where when you can have the personal and professional connection, it takes you to a different level. Well, there's definitely like a magic that happens, I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, there, there's a magic that happens in, in both ways. So the idea that peer pressure can be a good thing, the, the attitudes and behaviors of people around you influence uh, you know, your own attitudes and behaviors. So be aware of that when you're making friends and making connections. Having that real abundance mindset of sharing and, and the idea that we can all help each other and there's plenty to go around. And reaching out to network with those with whom you have things in common if you're really looking to create a deep connection. Because like you said, Lauren, like that's when you will find that you're able to become vulnerable and that's when you can really connect and create that trust and understanding the power of having a team behind you. You're not an island. You can't do everything yourself. And having that team behind you for, for support and to provide confidence and really leveling up can help you grow. Absolutely. I'm glad you're part of my team. Thanks for leveling up my squad. <laughs> I think I can confidently say the same to you, Donna. Thank you. And thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to see more content and connect with us on another level, follow us on Instagram at life underscore rebalanced. All right. Be well. Be well.